Now we're going to read together from the scriptures. I invite you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Let's hear the word of God. Friday night we had our sister Evelyn Compline in the church with us and it was lovely to renew fellowship. And I remember her father, especially in Lakeview when I went to visit him way back in the early days of becoming the minister here. And he, he used to say to me, I know Dr. Douglas will appreciate what I'm about to tell you. There's a wee verse in Proverbs 30 and it says, every word of God is pure. And I remember John saying to me, young man, you still remember that. Young man, you remember every word. There's not one word, neither a big one or a small one, Amen. that God the Holy Ghost hasn't put in the book. Amen. And that was a tremendous encouragement way back then. He was a great man of the book. And we're going to read about a, a younger man today in the scriptures. First Samuel chapter 3. Let's hear the word of the Lord. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place. And his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin... I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. 
because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee. And more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Amen. We know that God will stamp his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, this is Father's Day, and um, we are privileged, of course, to have a, a, a number of fathers here and grandfathers, but there's one man that I'm thinking about in particular uh, who is a father and a grandfather with us, and by a special request, I'll not name who or how many, but by special request, it's been asked that on Father's Day, our good brother, uh, Mr. Wilford Crawford, come and sing a solo to us. So we're delighted to welcome you to the pulpit this morning. Well, I'm going to try and sing uh, We Peace, which is very appropriate for the first anniversary of the opening of our new building here, and it's in our own book, number 50, and uh, I think the words are very appropriate, so we'll do our best. <clears throat> <coughs>
for that lovely message and song and how appropriate great is thy faithfulness thank you brother excited to have in this third anniversary service Dr. Douglas with us I remember going back to the late John Compton he said to me one day I've got a test for you young man you go home and you find out where it's written in the Bible I will make a man more precious than fine gold and he didn't forget when I came back the next day. He said, well, if you got an answer. And of course, I, I gave him the answer. It's in the book of Ezekiel. And I think of the Lord's servant amongst us today. And I, I think of that scripture. I believe it's so true. I'll make a man more precious than fine gold. Dr. Douglas, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Let us all turn to the word of God together. That'll be First Samuel chapter 3. That portion you were reading just moments ago. Lovely to be here, especially for your anniversary services and to have a part in the meetings. It's a privilege to be able to bring the Word of God and a joy to meet with friends in the congregation once more. I want to have you look over again those verses from verse 15 onwards. Let me read them to you. I'd like you to put a marker in the place, if you would, because I'm going to make reference to another passage in Scripture, and then I'll want to get back again to First uh, Samuel chapter 3 without any difficulty. So if you would, please put a marker in the place there, First Samuel chapter 3. And we're looking at verse 15. 
And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. I think he knew what was coming. And yet his heart would be trembling. Here am I. Verse 17. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, so time's passing away, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. We'll keep our Bibles open. We'll ask for the help of the Lord. <coughs> Lord, I cry to thee today, and likewise all thy dear people in this house, we cry to thee for a word from heaven. Draw near to us. We thank you for the record of blessings already in these special services. And even looking back over the time that has passed, we may say to ourselves how quickly, how quickly these days and weeks and months have slipped away. And we realize that it's just part and parcel of life. We get surprised to find that time's so short and we have but a little while to labor in the harvest field for thee. Lord, help us indeed to do what we can. Help us to do all that is in our heart. Help us to stand for the Lord now and not just in a coming day. Lord, I need instruction from this passage. So do thy dear people. And we ask thee that thou wilt come alongside of us. Make thy presence felt. Just now, Lord, come among thy people. Stand here at my right hand as well. Let that word come from the mouth of God. Lord, may we lose sight of the preacher. May we lose all thought of one another. So taken up may we be with the Lord, the King of glory. Thank you for today. Thank you for mercies already given, for the singing of the congregation and the special singing too. Lord, it blesses our hearts that we're found in the courts of the Lord's house. We thank you for a so great salvation and all that you've done to us, Lord. We can say in very truth, each soul can say, great is thy faithfulness, dear Lord, unto me. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for leading us uh, down through the days and the years as they have gone by. We ask thee today for a new beginning 
And we ask thee that in going forward, we may start in the right manner. We may start prayerfully. We may start with conviction. We may start looking unto God very definitely in his word. O Lord, speak on, we beseech thee. Leave us not without a witness in these sad times. Lord, there are hard times, days of coldness and dearth. Lord, we think of this locality as well as other parts. We've got, I've got to think about Lisburn. But Lord, friends, here we'll think of Carrie Duff, and we're crying out for thee, for the outpouring of thy Holy Spirit. Lord, work in our neighborhoods, we beseech thee, and use thy word even today. Lord, our prayer is now, let thy word come home to our hearts with great conviction and power, that we'll know the amen of God upon the preaching of his name. Oh, hear our cry. Lord, grant the infilling of the Holy Spirit, even with wisdom and grace and power, and let thy name be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look at this part of the Scriptures, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and in particular, let us give attention to the opening words of the verse 17. What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? Let's look at those words carefully. Let me put the question to you. What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? Eli has asked the question. For God has been speaking to the young child Samuel. And Eli knows it. And this is a heart-searching question. A question probing into the depths of a young heart, a young life. How significant the question is. It's a question for every one of us to ponder. What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? It's important right from the start today in this anniversary service for every soul to take this word personally. I want you to take it to heart. Let's get an answer to it before the day has finished. What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? Let us understand it was a rare thing for the Lord to be speaking to anybody in those times. You read the chapter there, verses 1 through to the end. If you will give attention to the opening words, Again, and you will see the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. So uh, Samuel, as a child, was in the right place. He was in the house of God. He was serving the Lord too, to the best of his ability. He ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Mark the order of the words. It could well have said, and indeed we might have expected it to say, that Samuel ministered to Eli before the Lord. But that's not the way it is. 
You will see that the Lord is preeminent. Preeminent in Samuel's mind, in his heart, in his life. Samuel ministered unto the Lord, although a child. And he did it in the presence of Eli. And then we have this statement. Look at it carefully. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. There was no evidence anywhere of God's presence. There was no sign that God was among his people. And on top of it all, God was not working. God was not speaking. So it makes it a marvelous thing that Samuel is in the position to listen and Eli to ask the question, what is the thing that the Lord has been saying unto you? Please note again in verse 1, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. What does that mean? Well, it means obviously that the word of God was cherished by some, not by all. But doesn't it suggest too that it was a rare thing? That which is precious is rare. We don't count the stones out there in the wayside as being precious. They're so common. There's so many of them. But a gold ring found out there at the gate, that would be precious. You don't do that every day. This is precious. It's rare. It's a rare thing for the Lord to be speaking to any soul. And that makes the question all the more significant because God's not working. God's not speaking to the nation. He's not speaking even in the house of God. What a marvelous thing it is that God is speaking to a child. Those days are marked in verse 1. Do you see that? The word of the Lord was precious those days. And you should ask the question to yourself, what days? If the Lord's saying, think about those days, you're going to say, surely, what days? What days are the Lord talking about? Let me refer you to uh, the last verse in the book of Judges. Remember, we're thinking about those days, those days when God was not speaking in general uh, to the children of men. The last verse of the book of Judges reads like this. In those days, oh, wait a minute. What was that? What was that? In the last verse of the book of Judges, the last verse in those days, same reference to time. In those days, we're to start thinking about those days. It says in Judges, there was no king in Israel. Nobody to take command, nobody to provide the leadership. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. He didn't think of the importance of doing things in the eyes of God. He didn't think about God's eyes. He didn't think about God's judgment. But he satisfied himself as to what he should do, what was right and what was wrong. 
So there's an important thing about those days. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now we come to 1 Samuel. Look at chapter 2. We're, we're trying to get a picture of those times. God's not working. God's not speaking. There's a dearth throughout all the land. And men are doing that which is right in their own eyes. They're not paying attention to God's word at all. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. Another detail about those days. Now the sons of Eli, these men are acting the part of the high priest. They're serving in the sanctuary. They stand between men and God. Look at verse 12 in chapter 2. Now the sons of Eli were godly men, men of prayer. Does it say that? It certainly does not. It certainly does not. For Samuel 2 and 12, it says they were sons of Belial. They were children of the devil. They knew not the Lord. Yet they were the men ministering the things of God. In those days, the word of the Lord was precious. The Lord was not speaking generally at all. God was not working. And it was a, it was a precious thing that the Lord should be speaking to a child. But that's not all. Look further down 1 Samuel chapter 2. To the last line of verse 17, the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. And that just means simply people stayed away. They lost interest. And worst of all, the house of God, instead of being the center of the nation, the center even of the community, the house of God was a place of no importance. Those days. We want this picture then to be in our minds as we contemplate the question what is the thing that the Lord has been saying unto you? That was the question for Samuel. Well, it's a question for us, I believe, at this anniversary time. It's so important for the child of God to take stock in the announcements there, just in two or three lines. There was an occasion for looking back and even acknowledging the goodness of God. But I want you to do that spiritually. In your heart, in your lives. And let us evaluate how you have been dealing with God or how the Lord has been dealing with you. We could say for Northern Ireland, God's not working in this weak country the way he did 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But if the word of the Lord is precious and we want it to be, if it's a rare thing for people, individuals, children even, to have dealings with God, let us find out if the Lord's working in your life. What is the thing that the Lord has been saying unto you? That's a question for us. It may take us by surprise. It may be that we haven't anticipated such a question. You can see here that Samuel is uncomfortable about it. So I said at the start, this is a question that probes deeply into the heart of a child. 
It's a question that is disturbing to him. And the reason's given. I remember years ago, oh, going back to when, as a young man, I had occasion to go to London at different times for meetings and so on. And my dear friend, who has gone to glory, was taking me out this particular day. He says, we're going to such and such a place. And uh, on the way, I want to call with my brother just for a few minutes, he says. And you'll, you'll enjoy meeting him. He's a believer. He's a child of God. So we got to the place, car pulled to a halt, and he got up, and I was with him, right to the door, rang the doorbell as brother came cheerily to the door. Uh, he introduced me, visitor from Northern Ireland, taking some meetings, and I expected the brother to hold out his hand. After all, he's a Christian. I expected him to hold out his hand and say, welcome, glad to see you. Uh, and what exactly are you doing over here? But he didn't say any of that. He said, the first thing, mind you, and where have you been reading in your Bible today? <laughs> oh, that really took me by surprise. I was stunned. I didn't have a word to say, I think. It took me several seconds to find my bearings again. It just took my breath away. It was so unexpected, you see. For the natural thing is, how to do, pleased to meet you, but none of that. It was like Samuel's question. And therefore, although the years have passed away, I'm not exactly young anymore. I remember that question. That really got into my heart. And so it's like Samuel. And like you sitting here in God's house now. And I must put the question because it's in God's word. Don't imagine for a minute, and I'm sure you're right with me in this. Don't imagine this question's in the Bible for Samuel only. Here, can I talk to you, some of you who are older. Can I talk to some of you who are young and all alike must face up to this question? Now, this is very, very important for your well-being. What is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you? There might be somebody here who's going to say, well, I can't answer that question. You're asking me. Yes, I am. What is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you this week? What did the Lord say to you last Wednesday? Or even Friday there? Or Saturday? Or this morning? What is the thing? Is it a fact that among God's people it's a rare thing for the word of the Lord to be going forth? Is it a rare thing for God to be speaking to anybody? Oh, men and women, listen. This time is marked out in the chapter. There it is in verse 1. We say those days. And again, verse 2, it came to pass at that time. Do you see God speaks once, yea, twice, even in the chapter, and we perceive it not at that time. It's relevant then today. What is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you in his word? Does somebody say, well, I don't think I 
To say the truth, I don't think I have a word from the Lord. Now, could that be serious? Would that, could it mean that the Lord hasn't been speaking to you at all? Could it be that the Lord hasn't been speaking to you in a long, long time? What is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you? Now, let's just suppose for an instant that that's right. That you're saying, no, I don't have any word from the Lord. What then? Well, you can ask him. For you look here, that's what Samuel did. The record is in the chapter, verse 9. Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, it shall be, if he call thee. Thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Didn't the old man advise the child remarkably well? Usually we don't think highly of Eli. We may see more to be critical of in his life and attitude and so on. We don't even get the idea that there could be anything good in the man, but there is. This is a powerful prayer. It's surely in terms of advice as to how you can go on with God, surely it's a powerful thing that Eli should say this to a child. Just you say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. What a tremendous prayer that is. We should be praying that prayer all the time. You could pray every morning. You pray that prayer. Now we have come to say, Lord, speak today. Speak in this meeting. Maybe we get used to meetings. We get used to preaching. We can get used to preaching in such a way that it just flows over our head. It doesn't get to the heart at all. Now this is a prayer relevant to the question. Samuel himself said, and I don't think he foresaw what was coming. You can be asking the Lord something and you may not anticipate the answer. I don't think he got a hold of it. He simply said, speak for thy servant, heareth. He didn't realize what that entailed. Now I'm saying to a Christian, a man who's here, a woman present now, who's saying, I don't think I have a word from the Lord. But are we going to allow that condition to remain? Are we to do as Samuel told Eli? Let's get on board with this. And say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Is there anybody here who can't do this? In the morning, well, tomorrow morning, let's make a new start. Can you say, with reference to tomorrow, speak, Lord? How many of us are asking God to do it? Are we just taking it for granted? That when we hear the message, we listen to the sermon, we'll go home, we'll have lunch, and then the afternoon, and a while we've forgotten about it all. Now, has the Lord been speaking? If so, what is the thing? This is so important for an anniversary. What is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you? And if you're saying, no, I don't think I, don't think I have a word, then I'm saying, well, can't you apply the advice of Eli to your own soul. And in the morning, that's the thing, that you can say, speak, Lord, to me. In the evening time, before you go to sleep, 
If you have the presence of mind to do it, can't you say, speak, Lord, because men and women, we belong to the Savior. The time has come for, have, for us to have a word from God. It's a dreadful thing to contemplate. Now, I can't go around everybody person by person, and if Samuel felt uncomfortable with the question, you would certainly feel uncomfortable with the question. So we're not here to make people feel uncomfortable. But we're here to get an answer. And we can be praying this prayer all the time. In the morning, when you get up, and when you go to work. If you're working, some of you are retired. You go about the daily business before you start one thing. Are you saying, speak to me, Lord? I do have a feeling, men and women, that we're not doing that. And we're just taking it for granted that the Lord will speak. And we're not even asking him. Now, is that right? Should we take the Lord for granted? Should we just trust the Lord to do it and not ask him? One, one day I was in a service. I seemed to think it was the morning. But... Um, Anyway, it was a service I was filing out, and the movement of the people in the aisle was slow. And I knew the lady who was just coming alongside of me, and she knew me likewise, and we opened up a conversation. And she was speaking about a friend of hers, and it was giving her great concern to speak of this lady. She says, I fear that she may be losing her mind. Some things have happened recently to give rise to concern, she says. I didn't know the lady in question, but when she had said her piece, I added this little bit. I said, you know, we should be asking the Lord about that matter as believers. Do we just take it for granted that we'll have a sound mind this week? And we're all getting older. Are we just taking it for granted that we too will have a sound mind? I tell you what, let's look at Ephesians. I wouldn't want you to nod over to sleep here. But it's a nice sunny morning and you could just sleep very nicely. These seats, these seats here are lovely. They're so comfortable. And you could nod over and lose track of the message. In fact, you would remind me of... Oh, years ago, as a young lad, I was sitting behind two elders in the old Ravenhill church, and I couldn't help but notice. Oh, now, these were godly men, but the effects of old age is, uh, or are, I should be saying, the effects of old age are, you may nod over to sleep when you shouldn't. <laughs> and his old elder, one of the two, he had slept the whole time. I could see that from the angle where I was seated. And yet at the same time, when the preacher said amen, it was Mr. Paisley, he's preaching and with his usual fire and fervor, uh, this elder said, wasn't that a powerful word this morning? <laughs> so he enjoyed the meeting anyway. He never slept like it as he did that morning. Now, I don't want that to happen here. Because we have a very important thing to consider. And I'm saying, we should be asking God all the time. And listen, you read your Bible, I hope you do, as a Christian. 
How do you open your Bible for the daily reading? Do you think to say, do you think to say, Lord, speak to me, thy servant heareth. How many of us, oh men and women, that we could have a heart-searching time now in the presence of God to make a discovery. How many of God's children are really laying hold on God's word in a particular manner to get a word from God? Or are we just laying, leaving it to the Lord to speak to us when he likes? Uh, we're not bothered about it. That would be tragic. What is the thing? There are young people here. Let me say to a young man who's here now, I do wish with all my heart I could call your name. But even if I knew you, I wouldn't do it because it would make you red in the face, you'd get embarrassed. That's not the thing. I want you to imagine that I have called your name. And now I am saying to you, tell me this. Young man, young woman, what is the thing that the Lord has said to you? And we should be asking him. And I said to that lady that morning, God says in his word, it's James chapter 4 verse 2, we'll not turn it up, but we can quote it. I said to her, this wasn't controversial, it was just a friendly conversation, I want you to know that. But yet, there's a depth to it. I said to her, the Lord has said in the book of James, chapter 4, this verse 2, we have not because we ask not. And I said to her, this raises a question. Your concern raises a question. How many of us, and we're talking about God's own children, how many of us are asking God to preserve for us a sound mind. How many of us are asking God to speak to us? And she took the point. She said, I didn't think about that. I said, are there Christians who might say, oh, Tuesday we're going to Bangor. Will they ask the Lord about it first? Will they get the mind of God? Will they say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth? Nothing wrong going to Bangor. Nothing at all. It's just that we don't want to take it for granted that we'll go and the Lord will be there and the Lord will speak to us sometime. No, we should be asking him, speak, Lord. That was the instruction the child got. And Samuel obeyed it. Samuel took it to heart and he did it. Oh, he was well instructed. It's a tremendous uh, piece of guidance for prayer, is it not? Speak, Lord. Every time you open your Bible... For your own use, you should be saying, speak, Lord, speak to me today. And it may be you've overlooked that. I said to the lady, don't you think we're taking the Lord for granted? Do you think that most of God's people are saying, since we hear of people now suffering from dementia of one sort or another, how many of God's people are exercised about that to say, Lord, keep my mind? Or do we just trust the Lord about it and take it for granted and yet that verse is there, you have not because you ask not. Now, I don't believe the Lord applies that strictly to us because if he did, we would be in a very, very bad situation because of the multitude of things we haven't asked the Lord about at all.
And if the Lord held us strictly to that word, ye have not because you ask not. Some of us might be poorly dressed today. Some of us might not have a meal on the table. It's amazing what we take for granted. The Lord will look after it. And we're not asking. I tell you what, let's look at this verse in Philippians 4. I think I should put it in. It's not in the chapter in Samuel. But here it is. It's relevant to this. Are we taking the Lord for granted? Are we just trusting the Lord to speak in our meetings? Are we really saying, speak, Lord? Are you saying as an individual? Some of you I know by name, so I could well call names here. It would be quite easy. Imagine that I have called your name because I know you. And I'm saying to you personally, what is the thing that the Lord has said to you? It's very, very important. The ungodly people in Cardiff are not going to get a word from God. And if there is any company in Cardiff today who may get a word from God, it's God's people. And what would happen if the Lord applied the word, you have not because you ask not? Where would that leave us? I just talked to the lady about that. She says, you see, I never thought about that. He said, that's right. Now here in Philippians 4, you've got words in verses 6 and 7. When you look at them, you're going to say to me, you may not say it publicly, but you're saying it in your heart. I have seen this verse dozens of times. Well, that's good. That's good. You've seen it dozens of times. We'll, we'll see it another time. Look at verse 6. Now, be full of care for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, are we doing it? We're not. In everything. Well, you're not going to pray about that, are you? Everything means everything, surely. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. How many of us here today are just trusting and we're not asking God to speak as we should. But this has to do with anxiety, of course. And so verse 7, The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there are people who are worrying every day. And there are some folks, if they had nothing to worry about, they would worry because they haven't got something to worry about. And this verse is for the Christian so that he'll not be filled with anxiety and care all the time. But just the same, let him remember the words with thanksgiving. Let's have opportunity to give the Lord thanks. And then, here, you're saying, I've read that dozens of times. Well, there's a question I want to ask you about it then. Do you see, and I hope you have the verse in front of you, Philippians 4, Six and seven, we're here to get a word from God. If the Lord's not speaking to you or has not spoken to you already, I'm anxious, and surely you are, that the Lord will start speaking now. And if he is, he's going to speak from this passage of Scripture. And you look at it. You see, there are two elements affected by the kind of praying that's described in these verses. Two elements. You say, what are you talking about? 
Verse 7 mentions your heart and your mind. And I think, although it's some time ago when I had that conversation with the lady, I think I might have quoted this. I certainly would have it in mind myself that the Lord can keep our hearts and our minds. But how many of us have noticed, having read the words dozens of times, how many of us have noticed the two elements, the heart and the mind? God can keep the mind. Oh, yes. Now, this is what I said to her that day. I ask the Lord all the time. Every day, if I have the presence of mind to do it, then I get forgetful. I get forgetful too. But when I remember to do it, men and women, I'm asking God all the time to keep my mind. Have you done it? What if the Lord were to apply this? And some people very much younger than me have lost track of things. You can say, I know people younger than me who have lost track of things. And many of us have ever thought to say, Lord, would you keep my mind? What if the scripture would apply, you have not because you ask not? Have we asked the Lord? Now, notice the two elements, however, in verse 7. The heart and the mind. Notice the order. Because the order of words in Scripture is important. Notice the order. The heart first before the mind. If you were doing it, uh, organizing your prayer, you would say, Lord, keep my mind. Oh, yes, keep my heart as well. You'd put the heart in after that. You'd be giving priority to the mind. But that's not the way God has ordered it. Your heart. The Lord must keep your heart what does that mean? To keep your heart on fire for God. To keep your heart closely united with the Savior. To keep your heart often exercised by prayer. To keep your heart from getting cold. To keep your hearts in such a way that your steps will not become wayward and you yourself distant in the house of God. To keep your heart so that you're always in tune with God. And you may be then in the position to be getting a word from God all the time. Keep your heart and mind. And then your mind. If the Lord's keeping your heart, then he may keep your mind. And many of us have asked the Lord about that matter. And the Lord was not speaking to Eli. That's the sad thing. But Eli could have gone. He could have said, Lord, speak to me. He could have taken his own advice. Isn't that remarkable? That Eli gave the advice to Samuel and didn't do it himself. Speak to me, Lord. He didn't do that. God promised to the high priest, and Eli is the high priest, that he would meet with his people. He would meet with the priest at the door of the tabernacle. And he's in the tabernacle. And he's not saying, Lord, speak to me. Are we in the same boat? Let's say this. God's speaking to a child here in the book of Samuel. And it could be in our congregation as well. It could be your family, in fact. Is it your child? Is it your grandchild? Somebody very young. You know, the Lord could be speaking. The Lord's speaking to a child here. 
And a day when he's not speaking to the high priest because of sin, and he's not speaking to the nation, and God's working in the life of a child. God's speaking to a child. We don't need a children's meeting or a young people's meeting to have the Lord begin to work now. Is the Lord speaking to you? And the question came to Samuel. Do allow me time to finish with this because I must get to the answer. Samuel didn't want to answer. He's reluctant. You can see that, and we read the verses, didn't we? Verse 15. That night, when Samuel got the message from God and he had wakened the old man up anyway, so Eli's sleep had been disturbed, he might as well go and tell him he did no such thing. He kept it to himself. And the next morning, and he lay on till the morning. That's what the Bible says. It shows you there, surely, that he didn't get up and run to Eli with a message. I've got a word from God. No, no, no such thing. He had no notion of saying it. He lay on till the morning. It was troubling him. And then what did he do? He went to Eli, verse 15 says. No, he didn't. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He made himself busy. He was busy. They were tidying up to do as well. I would say he took twice as long that morning to tidy up uh, the bits of stuff that might have been lying around the door of the tabernacle. He took twice as long as before, I believe. He didn't want to answer the question. What is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you? And we may not want to answer the question ourselves either. But you know, it's time we did get an answer. And what is the thing that the Lord has been saying to you? Let, let's observe this. God speaking to the child. Uh, Samuel doesn't want to answer. He leaves it till the morning. Do you know that Samuel remembers what the Lord says? Uh, that might be a difficulty for us. Has there been a time in carried off? I know it happens in Lisburn, so I'm on safe ground if I just even give the illustration from Lisburn's point of view. Somebody going out through the door on a Sunday morning in Lisburn may say, that was a great word this morning. On a certain morning they'll say that. That was a powerful word today. And yet by the time they've got to the car park, they say hello to a friend in the car park. By the time they've gotten to the car park, they've forgotten it. That was a powerful word today, but they forgot it. Didn't intend to forget it, but they did. But Samuel, although a child, you can say, sure, he's only a child. What would you expect in a child? The child remembered the word of the Lord. And not only so, but you'll see verse 15, the morning, he remembered it the next day. Not only five minutes after hearing it, but he remembered it the next morning. And not only so, when he was asked, and Eli said, don't hide a thing from me now, boy. You tell me, what's the thing that the Lord has been saying to you? He says, uh, yes, I'll tell you. And in verse 18, Samuel told him every whit. 
Not only did he remember it, he remembered it the next day. Not only did he remember it the next day, but he remembered it in every detail. He didn't miss a thing. He didn't just get half the sermon, as it were. He got the whole thing. He told them every whit. Well, mark those words in your Bible, every whit. What has the Lord been saying to you? Every whit is important. Every detail. We heard the word this morning. Every word of God is pure. That's right. He, he was able, the child, I say, the child was able to repeat word by word. Every whit. Isn't that an answer to the question, what is the thing the Lord has been saying to you? He was able to come up with the answer. He answered it every whit. And so it is in my preaching. I remember some people telling me they were at a funeral. It wasn't one of our churches. It wasn't one of our ministers. But they said later, I think he was an evangelical man, all right. I think he was a saved man. And yet, in the sermon he gave, he just started building it up. He got to the point where the time had come for him to say it. To teach the way of salvation. And he didn't do it. He just stopped. When he got to that point, when he should have been saying it, he stopped. And the service ended. He told the message of the Lord, all right. But friends felt he didn't say it every whit. I wouldn't want to be here today preaching God's word and leave something vital out. Something vital for you as a person. What is the thing the Lord has been saying to you? Have you been exercised about it? Will you pray Eli's prayer? The prayer he didn't say himself, but he had Samuel say it. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Do you know what that word heareth means? Of course you do, in part. It means that you'll keep on listening. We have a hymn that says, I am listening, Lord, for thee. Are you looking for a word? Are you just trusting the Lord to give it? Have you asked him? Notice in closing, verses 20 and 21, the answer that comes, the result of God speaking. All Israel from Dan to Beersheba, from one end of the country to the other, knew Samuel was established, or as the margin says, he was faithful to God as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. The Lord started to work again. And the Lord revealed himself. Not only did the Lord reveal his word, but the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And do you know that Samuel in old age was just the same as he was as a child? Could you turn over to chapter 9? And this will not hurt us to do this. Verse 15. And this is what it says, chapter 9, verse 15. What I'm saying is, that practice established in 1 Samuel 3 is continued right on through till Samuel himself is an old, old man. And that's where we are in chapter 9. Samuel's no longer the child. Do you know he's an old, old man now? I was going to use the word dottering, but I don't know whether he was or not. Maybe he was sprightly. 
Now, this is verse 15. He's an old man, remember. The days of the child have gone. And I'm saying that as an old man, he's just the same, in the same place with God as he was when a child. Because it says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. What is the Lord saying to you, Samuel? The day before Saul came. And that's the same word as translated revealed in 1 Samuel 3.21. The Lord revealed himself in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. It's the same word here. When God told it in his ear, it's as if his ear had been covered over with bandages and now you've unraveled all the bandages and the God has told him in his ear and saying, what is the thing that the Lord has said? Isn't it lovely to see Samuel as an old, old man still in tune with God? The Lord keeping his heart and keeping his mind. There are many, many things in this chapter. This is a powerful chapter, and we have only looked at some of them. May the Lord speak to us today and make his word real and benefit us that there may be a keeping of the heart first. Keeping your heart in tune. And then the Lord keeping your mind in days when there's a lot of concern about the capacity of the mind to retain things. And we're talking about retaining the word of God, most precious thing. Thank you for your attention. And I did, I did keep you a bit longer today, so I'm asking for your long suffering and that. After all, it's an anniversary Sunday. So we will say, Lord, bless your word today. And Mr. McLaughlin's going to come for the close of the service. And before we go, just keep turning that over in your mind. What is the thing? Have I asked him? Did I take it for granted? What is the thing the Lord has been saying to me?